Good evening, listeners. We're back. Uh, this is Three Men in a Basement, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Culp here. Jackson Garlington. Xmas Jackson Flax and Waxen. And we are the Ultra Crepidarians. Um, in this podcast, uh, we review movies. We've been known to review movies. And we like to deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wild world of cinema. We like to target movies that are not absolute blockbuster smashes, not ones that everybody has seen. So no Titanics, no Star Wars. And we also try and target ones that like are not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy if you wanted to. Instead, we aim for that delightful sweet spot of movies right in the middle. Stuff that's accessible, but also um, not too well known. Um, and we review these movies and deliver to you our take on whether or not, uh, we like them and whether or not it's worth you tracking them down and seeing them or seeing them again. In this, the 21st episode, after a year and a half long pause due to, I think it was like a, it was a really crazy mattress sale that, mm-hmm. that sort of derailed like the world economy for, for a while. Yeah. People um, were very eager. They were so eager for these mattresses that it, it just, um, well, and when the pillows hit the market, that's when shit really hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a very, very comfortable situation for everyone. <laughs> right. So, so what? we've, so we've gotten the COVID aspect out of the way. <laughs> um, it's yeah, been a long time. It's been a long time. So, you know, we, take covid very seriously and we tried for a while to do the remote thing and and that wasn't really cutting it for us we were having trouble i think we got halfway through a godzilla movie we did yeah we had trouble with like i think the, the recording was like it was a little clunky and um we didn't want to serve you up half-baked content not to mention covid was stressful on everybody's life and and we didn't want to we didn't want the podcast quality to suffer as a result yeah, because that's what we're known for. Yeah, we are known yes. for quality. We cannot afford to lose Mike Tyson as a listener. Mm-hmm. And if if we don't work in at least like three to five Morton Toe references, he's walking. And yeah. he's walking with a foot full of Morton Toes, and it's not going to be pretty. No. Yeah, traditionally, there's only one Morton's Toe per foot, at, you know, at a, at a maximum. Dude's got like six on well, one foot. I think we established last time, or at least one of our podcasts, that... He is collecting Morton Toes from his victims, and he has a very inconsistent, in terms of size, shape, and color, collection of Morton Toes that he is ultimately turning into a fist with which he will defeat the known world. Right. So if this is your first episode, all this makes perfect sense. <laughs> doesn't, um, doesn't Mike Tyson also have a Morton's ear? I think he ate it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I that feel like Evander be. Hollyfeld may have had a Morton's ear, and no longer. Ah. That's what it is. He, um, Tyson absorbed it. This is actually remarkably on point for us, <laughs> because what movie did we review today, gentlemen? Oh, it was a, a little gem uh, called Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've probably heard of it. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I know I had for sure. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure my mom has it on her DVD collection. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's in the vault, the Disney vault? Uh, it could be. It could be. Yeah, like if it fell out of a dark suitcase or something and rolled down a hill. Yeah, Maleficent doesn't own this movie. No. <laughs> um, I think she's afraid of this movie. I think she's afraid of this movie. Uh, Okay, so 
I I feel like this needs I feel like this needs like a little bit of lead in. Okay, so I am only human and I love B films and awesomely bad movies. It is one of my favorite things to do is watch an awesomely bad movie and make fun of it incessantly as as I go through it. Full disclosure means that I love movies that are way over the top in every regard. Things that are obscenely violent, just like stupid levels of basically everything that will give something an R rating. I love that shit. And so I had this in my collection. I had never seen it, surprisingly. Mark has never seen this and Jackson has never seen this. So this was a first time for all of us. And um, normally we try and choose movies that are... A little bit more mainstream, and I mean that in the sense of, like... You might have heard of it. Yes, you might have heard of it. We knew going in this was going to be an obscure movie, but we really didn't anticipate it being the way it was. So just, like, full disclosure. And if you're if you're listening to this, I feel like it's fair to say, this episode is entitled Tokyo Gore Police, so, like, hintity hint hint. Uh, <laughs> there, are, there are aspects to this movie that um, some might have pause yeah there there are some moments that a select group of people might find just a hair over the top yeah i mean not not so over the top that that you would turn it off because we didn't yeah no i mean it's not crazy like a shawshank redemption no no it's nothing (laughs) like that this is basically an episode of the big bang theory for sure (laughs) yeah 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 um no sarcasm no Okay, so obviously this movie is absurdly over the top. You probably could have gathered that from the title. Um, This is not our typical fare, so bear with us that, like, if you listen to this podcast, like, hello you, Um, but also... (laughs) How you doing? Oh, man. DJ Jazzy J over here is... It's getting up in it. This is this is probably not like our standard thing. But if you like this kind of movie, if you if you were looking through our catalog and you saw Tokyo Gore Police and it caught your ear, like fucking listen up because it's it's a wild ride. Also email us because I don't think I've ever met anybody that this would be their type of movie like right off the top of their list. But you are literally podcasting with one. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two shay. Two shay. Three shay. Three Shay. Three Shay. Band Shea. name. New band name. Ooh. I would be in that band. Uh, yes. As long as there's a saxophone. I feel like we should change the name of this to Three Shay. Three Shay. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So we're going to jump into some IMDb specs, and it's going to seem very, like, kind of like normal. Like, this is what we do in the podcast, and blah, 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 which is, it is. That's what we do. However, it's going to blast off pretty fucking hard after that Uh, so you know just fair warning tokyo gore police this is a japanese film so it's all in japanese there are dubbed versions and we initially started with the english version the dubbed version and then opted to go with the japanese with subtitles and started again this is a 2008 film it is not rated uh is anybody surprised nope (laughs) consistency in stereo, no less. <laughs> uh, 150 minute runtime. I, yeah, I guess. I, I feel like it didn't feel like a two hour movie. No. Like, it moved. Like, an hour and 20 maybe? An hour and 30 it felt like? Yeah, it definitely blasted off. Yeah. Yeah, but it did hit a point where I was so desensitized. And, and we'll talk about why. But, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, where I just kind of... 
like, you know, I mean, everybody probably can relate. When you're being punched into the floor constantly in the face, you know, for an hour, you know, uh, you, you don't feel it anymore. Yeah, and that, and that next 50 minutes just kind of feels like a light tickle. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, hopefully you can kind of draw some correlation to what, what would you, the listener, have going on in your life. Yeah. IMDb has this as an action comedy horror. Yep. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, me too. So we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but like I feel like some of the other episodes, Kung Fu Hustle, we kind of described like, oh, if there was a Kung Fu category this would fit squarely within it and some people would would argue that should be a category with true story we were like oh if there was a true story or true crime category that this should be it i feel like gore or like gorno yeah (laughs) gorno i think is the perfect category um and and i'm gonna like i'm gonna say the first word is gore and you can just like kind of use your imagination about what the second word in that in that might be yeah we'll just we'll Um, let you fill in the blank if that was a category that was available on IMDb, I feel like this would fit squarely within this it. This would be the picture of that category. It would. I think the only thing that could be missing is something that's probably not there. Action, comedy, horror. Not in that order. It was not a romance. There was some There intimacy. were romantic elements. <laughs> there, there, was, there were intimate moments, for sure. There were romantic elements? Come on! Okay, guys, I, I know that you can't see it, but when when I when I said that out loud, I, I I look over at Colin and he's just looking at me like a deer caught in the headlights, like <laughs> not sure how to process that. You know, I'm like racking my brain for like Catherine Heigl movies to compare <laughs> this to. <laughs> uh, um. Okay, so the description of this movie. Let's like get into the nitty gritties. Uh, in future Tokyo, a young woman in the privatized police force tracks down her father's killer while battling against mutant rebels known as engineers. Fuck, that is tight. Like, there's so much to this movie that is not captured by that. So, but, like, if you want the skeleton of this movie, that is 100% what it is. Yeah, I mean, that description is kind of like if you took a bottle of Zima and poured two shots into it and filled the rest of the glass with lemonade. Like, the body is there, and you can taste it, but there is so much more. (laughs) And by more, you mean burning alcohol. (laughs) Yes. Okay, uh, directed by Yoshihiro Nishimura, obviously. Yeah, Uh, I'm familiar with his work. I don't don't know that name. No, not at all. Never heard of it. But a creative person, perhaps? Sure. You know, in the same way that like a five-year-old with a box of crayons and a blindfold is, and yeah. and trauma and like severe trauma. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's get into the cast. Um, we've got uh, the only person I recognize in this entire movie is okay. I'm gonna butcher this name, so apologies. It's either Ihi or Ihi Sheena, and she's the main character. And the only other thing I know her from is the Takashi Miike film, The Audition. Which is a baller movie if you like horror fucked up this. So she's really like vibing with this genre of just like demented Japanese like horror films. She played her part very well. She did. She was, you know, like the super straight faced. Like she gave it her all. Yes. <laughs> for what that's worth. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with any of her other work. Yeah, no, I think I, I think I really only know her from the audition. And to be honest, like I, I'm I'm gonna read off just a handful of names: Itsuji Itao, Yukihide Benny, 
and Gigi Boo. I'm literally just reading those off in case somebody knows them, but I, I honestly don't know them and I don't recognize them from anything else. Nor do we know if we're pronouncing their names correctly. No, we don't. I uh, Full disclaimer. I would say E.G. Boo is a pretty easy one, but it's still a possibility that it's something completely different. I would also say that like my years in Japan and my study of the Japanese language has failed me terribly. That's that's a lie. What I just said was a lie. I have never studied Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um okay, I'm sorry. We 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 got we got to like get this moving along because like fucking like good, Sorry, it's good been God. a while. We're we're still trying to get into the groove. Yeah, but also like this movie like fucking like whoa, woof. So, can we talk about recommendations? Uh Ooh. yeah, okay. Let's 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 round robin this. All right. Uh I'm going to go ahead and recommend this movie to um no one. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Don't Listen to this podcast. Don't watch the movie, okay? Just like, or, or do whatever. But like, if you're anyone that I know, don't watch the movie and tell me about it because you're gonna be disappointed in me <laughs> for watching it, okay? This is <laughs> okay. Uh, Jackson, would you recommend this to yourself prior to having seen it, and no. would you recommend it to another person generally? A another human being, presumably. That's a hard question to answer. I like again, nobody that I know besides the three of us in this room would willingly watch this movie. And <laughs> nobody that I know at all would willingly watch this movie after knowing what it's about. But I would play the video game. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So you don't want to like see the things happening. You just want to do, do them it. yourself. Right. <laughs> Right. So so if you're saying that life is a ladder, okay, is this movie taking you up a ring or down? I wouldn't get on that ladder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh... Like, this is not, like, OSHA-approved, like, like no, ladder behavior. No, no. Like, if this were a ladder, this is that ladder that's been on the side of a barn for, like, 40 years. And right, okay. This is shit in Yeah, it. so, like, like, like mm-hmm. Indy is climbing this out of the Temple of Doom. Yeah, with and the rungs, at the bottom. The rungs are, like, breaking beneath his feet yeah. as he's scrabbling and out. And he's okay. just furiously scrabbling up to the top. Um, I wouldn't say that I hated this movie. I enjoyed a lot of parts of this movie. Not the body parts, mind you. Just parts. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like when you're falling off a building and you're like, you know what? It's kind of fun. To... Yeah, and the view's not bad. Yeah, yeah. But then you die, okay? <clears throat> Colin? Would I recommend this movie to myself? Hell yes. I'm <laughs> just outing myself right now. Yes, I absolutely would. Would I recommend this movie to like Someone on the street, in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> Would I recommend this movie to a very specific or select number of individuals in my life? A carving like a surgical implement around groups of people? Yes. There are people I know who, like me, are just demented enough to love this movie. I mean, I I guess <clears throat> I can level with you. I think I can think of like three people I've ever met that would love the shit out of this movie but i don't talk to those people anymore for this reasons is... <laughs> yeah like right okay a few of them are in death row like whatever you know get what? over it i had to cut them out of my life but they probably would like the movie but to be fair they cut other people so i could cut them out of my yeah, life like a tumor <laughs> that's that's relevant to the content of this movie that's that's a that's what we call an easter egg a teaser but we'll 
unlock that later. <laughs> oh, that also is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Um, okay, so before we go, blah, 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 before we do that, I feel like I need to say that if you're the kind of person who is squeamish, uncomfortable, not okay with, I mean, again, literally think of anything that could give something an R rating. This movie dials it to 11. In both, like, physical content, but also in, like, psychological content. Because there's also some, like, really, really heavy elements that aren't treated with uh, any reverence. Yeah, there's no tact. And that's, and that's its thing. Like, it's, it is completely tactless as it, as it, like, relates to quite literally every horrible thing that humans have ever or will ever do if so you, expect that if you got squeamish in the scene where uh king arthur cuts off the black knight's arms don't watch this movie true uh i also though like i say that for two reasons one as like a a fair warning about picking up this movie but two this podcast actually like if you're the kind of person who's like not squeamish about like hearing things described or like hearing people talk about it like this podcast might be a way for you to like get a good handle on what this movie is like and normally i'm like hey if you think you might like this movie like turn this podcast off and go watch the movie in this like if you're unsure which the majority of you should be unsure about whether or not you want to watch this movie definitely i would actually proceed to the spoilers if you are not super duper squeamish and just hear what it's about and then if you are fucked up enough you can just go find it for yourself it's actually not a hard movie to find. With that being said, are we ready to blah 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 blah? Hep whip 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 Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so um Let's fucking let's let's buckle up. Okay. The the, the 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 chaos of this movie makes it difficult for me to get all the way to the beginning, but it starts off sunshine and rainbows. It certainly does. For that 30 seconds, it was very delightful. Yeah. It's literally sunshine, rainbows, and daisies. Okay, I feel like normally we can kind of like go scene for scene through movies. We just highlight things. Yeah, this movie is, is so complicated in that its narrative is so loosely structured. It's such a meandering movie. And so much fucked up shit happens. And like normally the fucked up shit are your signposts through a movie. And you're like, oh... I'm here in the movie because relative to everything else that's happening, here's the fucked up thing. Um, this movie is wall to wall dementia. So I suggest we give like a very loose narrative beginning, middle to end. And then we just talk about all the fucked up things that we can oh remember, my God. which we will not remember them all because it's wall to wall. I wrote a lot of them down and by a lot, I mean like 15%. Mm-hmm. So this movie opens, as Mark mentioned, with sunshine, daisies and rainbows and it's a girl narrating, talking about how she wants to be like her father. Her father's a policeman, and he helps people, and he does all this good stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And then, um... Then his head blows up like a water balloon. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Like, imagine you took, a like, a grape in your hands, and you just squeezed it. That's what it kind of looked like. You know, if you are squeamish with, with the blood and guts and whatnot, this movie was heavy on the prosthetics. You know, I know, at least for my eyes, I never felt like what I was watching was uh, analogous to, to real life. Like, it was... It's so over the top that it almost doesn't bother you anymore in that, like, it's not like Hostel where they're going for realism. They're trying to be, like, as real as possible. This is the kind of movie where, like, this dude's head explodes and the pieces 
flap down like peels of a banana. It, there there were flaps. It's meant it, to be over the top, ba- not band realistic. Name, new band name. And, there, the there, were, there were flaps. There were flaps. I feel like that is a mid-2000s alt-rock In, band. Yeah, it's like indie rock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, there were right flaps. around the, the Daniel Powder and, you know. I, I, I do not know. You don't know I, Daniel Powder? Had a bad day? Did he? Uh, he sang about it. So Daniel I Powder, to me, it. like that conjures some mind images of a dude pouring gold bond medicated powder in his jockstrap. Oh, see, Dan- I was Daniel's, thinking Daniel's powdering. I was thinking somewhere along the lines of like Tony Montana. Mm. You know, mm, fucking cockroaches. Mm. Yeah. So okay, uh, if we're gonna like loosely go over the beats of this movie, maybe we intentionally leave scenes out and then and then circle back around. This is set in a future in which there's a, a class of criminal called engineers, like they're, they're like mutants that have this mysterious abnormality where any bodily injury that they experience mutates into some form of random weapon it could be uh like a projectile it could be a sword who knows but any manner of odd weird nonsensical horrific demented every adjective you could think of yeah Yeah. could sprout out of that wound um so perhaps perhaps we describe that first scene oh, that with our main character Be, as I think it, it, it as it does in the film I think it illustrates what an engineer is so the protagonist's name is Ruka and uh, she is from what we can tell sort of a specialist they call her an engineer hunter uh, so she makes a career out of hunting down these criminals. And from what they can tell, the Tokyo police are responding to what they consider a pretty standard call about a man who has abducted a female passerby and is doing unspeakable things to her. They they really are unspeakable. I can't even talk about it. But uh, I'm going to. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're not, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> so the camera opens up on this body that is horribly mangled. Pieces are missing. There's chunks everywhere. And he's eating something. And I think we can all assume and infer from context what he is eating. Open up on the police storming in. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to press pause. Was there something specific you think he was eating other than just the person? It was the person. No, it was yeah. definitely the person. I just, I thought, I was curious if you were, like, alluding to, like, you knew which part of the person he was, was just, eating. It was just, like, red mush. Yeah, was it was. It well, was, that's why I was curious, because yeah. I, I I did not dial in on, on which piece. It was, like, that jello with bits in it, you know? That's kind of what it looked like. Okay, I was horrified by that as a youngster. That shit is baller. Yeah. Like, the strawberry-flavored jello with, oh, yeah. with like, peach chunks in it. Like, Isn't that like the the most delightful comedy, especially when it's ice cold on like yes, a warm day? Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. It it's just like a, it doesn't appear to be good, but like if any youngsters are listening out there, which you know this is definitely the episode you should be listening oh, to. Oh yeah. And if when you're done with this, go to Thrall and Cell Block ninety nine. Yeah. Um, I think I like it, it, go, that one better than this one. Go eat your strawberry Jello with peach chunks because that shit's what's up yeah and it'll bring back memories after you listen to this um (laughs) so he's eating her and then the police just decide to riddle him with bullets we're talking hundreds of bullets from you know 10 or 12 heavily armed police officers and somehow the bullets sever his right arm which then sprouts back into a chainsaw yes you heard that right a chainsaw sprouted out of his body um like a chainsaw, like stuck in flesh. Yeah, yeah. Like some kind of like sticky, wet, fleshy. Like Evil Dead meets Resident Evil. Yes, like, yeah. That's it that's... was 
it was exactly that. You have definitely seen the type of like fleshy gooeyness that we're describing in other movies, and I'm blanking on like which movies. Like uh, Super Mario Bros, except it's flesh. Yeah. You know, like like the fungus. Oh yeah. 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 yeah definitely. Um. So. Ruka. I know what you're talking about. I do. I Mark doesn't think I know what I I know what you're talking about with fucking look at Bob Hoskins and, and <laughs> <We're fucking> <laughs> Bob Hoskins. <laughs> you know he and and John Leguizamo hated working on that movie, and they would get drunk in their trailers in between scenes. I mean, it com- it comes out in the movie. Yeah, it does. The movie's it does. so bad. I've got it on DVD. It's amazing, but so, it's bad. So enter Ruka, who fires a bazooka at the ground to propel her onto the top of a sky rise because physics. <laughs> it's called science, look it up. And she proceeds to just obliterate this dude. And they discover that he is an engineer, which we have briefly touched on. But she takes his chainsaw arm and another chainsaw that he was wielding prior to losing the arm and then carves him like a Thanksgiving turkey. This is all like after the fact that he just like massacred a half a dozen dudes with a chainsaw arm in their faces. And he was, he was using it like a whip. I feel like I can't accurately describe this movie because it's so over the top that like hours. It's just like, are you serious? Like his, he could just like set, like think of, think of Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. How he sends, he just like sends out the fucking thing out of his hand and he kind of directs it he does that but with a chainsaw and the whole thing is his hand yeah there's there's a couple droplets of blood so that's the first 10 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah but it does do a good job of letting you know that you should turn the movie off (laughs) but if by some chance you don't um moving right along there's a whole movie coming after it so who knew little did you know oh my god this fucking thing um so i think that sets a good scene for like what the engineers are, they're kind of this group of maniac mad dog killers who all have this key-shaped... Tumor. Tumor. Tumor, exactly, uh, that gets revealed in the following scene that, like, they all share this single tumor type. And they basically go around killing people and the police go around hunting them. And there's this weird sort of, like, not subtext, but, like, I want to describe, like, the privatization of the police, which is, like, very clearly, like, a big tone in this movie. Yeah, it was almost like, um, like a Starship Troopers in that... There was some... I'm doing my part. <laughs> yeah. And and I wonder if maybe the the themes would resonate more if we were a part of the, the, the culture that this movie was made in. Um, because you could tell that there was, there was Atlanta. subtext. Yeah. Yeah. Or Japan. Um, but, like, I didn't... Like, you could tell that there was a message that was being hammered home that wasn't directly connected to the movie the message is verbatim privatizing the police will lead to more plentiful lives for all of us which is said about a hundred times at least a hundred times throughout the movie and yes not peaceful plentiful meaning more lives so basically that's that's kind of what's set up is you've got the main character the protagonist is a person who hunts down these engineers. The engineers are causing havoc, killing a bunch of people, and hilarity ensues. I think that kind of sort of sums it up. Yeah. yeah it, like, yeah. Are, is there any, like, other major, like, plot element that yeah, we're missing? It, it, in, in essence, they find a, a new murderer who is unlike the other ones, and she's investigating and trying to find this person. And through the course of that, she discovers that the person that she's looking for is the creator of the engineers. You know, he is um the first 
I suppose. And through that, she ends up becoming an engineer herself. He turns her into an engineer. And we've got to describe this process because oh, it's glorious. Oh, um, so let's see. Uh, this gentleman is all draped in black. He's got black hair down over his face. Think the ring or yeah. maybe the grudge. Definitely the ring with the black hair in front of the face. And his... Kind of like me before I take a shower. Yes. And after he takes a shower. Yeah. And like the in-between times. I'm just an unwashed not showering. <laughs> yeah. So basically like this dude, he's an engineer. So he's like murdering people and shit. And he does. He has this Very really... politely and respectfully, I might add. I mean, he even takes their clothes and folds them into a nice pile. It's, it's kind of off-putting. Yes. That's what I look for in my serial killers. I mean, if you're going to kill somebody, the least you can do is fold their clothes. All right. That's, that's fair. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just don't, yeah, don't be disrespectful about it. Like, kill them and then do the laundry. Yes. Yeah, I get that. But that that is called out in the movie. That, like, it's it's unique in that the murder scene was immaculate. You know, it was clean. Aside from the box of body parts. Aside from. Yeah. Yes. Literally aside to the box of body Adjacent parts. Adjacent to, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, like, this guy has a unique way of killing people. Normally, like, these engineers are kind of what you would consider a mad dog killer or berserker where they just go, like, mental and just... Obliterate. Basically. Messy. This guy stabs them with these... Blood spigots. Basically, they're, like, fucking, like... Like, think of comically oversized hypodermic needles not attached to a syringe, and you're there. And he basically jams those into people with vacuum vials, like they're taking blood, and drains them of blood, and then leaves them in a box dismembered next to their folded laundry and the bottles of blood that he drained from them. In a perfect circle. Yes. They never touch on why he does this. You know, it doesn't seem like he's harvesting anything. Like, it, it's almost just like a, that's just his M.O., Everybody's got one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess going back to the summary, she becomes an engineer. Oh, and... sorry. I never got to that part. Yeah. So, she gets with this guy. They're like, they get into a battle kind of thing. Again, like, this is, this is like an anime come to life. So, like, fucking, she's got a, a katana and he's got some, like, absurd weapon that just doesn't exist in real life. And they're, like, battling it out. And then he, like, somehow, like, traps her. Oh, sorry. I forgot. She slices the very front of his face, and then he proceeds to grab his hair and rip the top of his head off of his body and then throws it on the ground. And again, if engineers get injured, they grow a weapon. So basically, in place of the top of his head, a brain grows, and then out of the brain, where his eyes should be, are two gun barrels, out of which he can shoot things and we're not entirely sure what those things are but they're definitely not bullets i I scribbled a quick note because i didn't want to miss anything but i also didn't want to forget about this and my note just says half brain half desert eagle all badass (laughs) yeah you know what they really missed the boat on the opportunity to have that as their tagline i agree (laughs) and it kind of looked like he was shooting out like like flesh walnuts yeah yeah that's a very good description, and yep. I, you guys, you you cannot appreciate how perfect a description that is until you watch the movie. Don't don't roast don't roast these. <laughs> do what? do not roast these walnuts. Oh, uh, flesh nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Are they opening for long riggedy uh, hamster toe? Long yeah, and denim on denim on flannel. No, no, on what was it? The, there there were flaps. 
There were, <laughs> yeah. There were flaps. Okay, okay. So she becomes an engineer, blah, blah, blah. Fuck, God damn it! I never finished. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I swear to God, I'll finish this time. So she's trapped by the, the, the shooty things that he shot out of his face cannons. So he pins her to a wall. Pins her to a wall. And then he, like, goes up with one of these, like, key-shaped tumors and, like, holds it against her arm. And a keyhole appears. And he puts it in, turns it, and then her arm explodes opens up like a like a what like a bear trap yes yeah that's a great way of putting it like literally all of the flesh muscle tendon vein and arteries above her bones in her arm in her forearm like a venus fly trap literally like just flop open oh you know what it's like a fucking like old-timey doctor case when they were doing like in-house patient visits like yeah you know with the top just kind of like um, it's like that. And then he places the key in there and closes her arm and then the scar just like vanishes. And so she is now an engineer and that's how you make an engineer. You open their body, insert the key and walk away. So what you're saying is really it's, it's not a tumor. <laughs> um, it is a tumor though. It, it is though. That's <laughs> the, the worst part. But yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, movie kind of, I feel like we can just skip right to the climax. It's so... I feel like this was all, this was destined to be like a very short or a very long podcast. It will turn into a long podcast because I will ensure that. But I agree with Mark that we need to skip to the climax. Yeah. There's not, <laughs> I mean, in terms of plot, there's not a whole lot to it. It's just sort oh. of an intro to plot, gore extra to plot there is actually one more thing that we do need to cover um which i mean because the plot is so important to this film so the like brain face cannon guy who basically started all this she makes it to his house because she's got like you know a drive to meet with him or whatever because he fucking like put well, a... she's an engineer hunter she's yeah. trying to hunt this guy down to put an end to it and also he she's got his key tumor in her arm Words I never thought I would say. Yep, that's um, a new one. That's, uh, and he explains that his father was the assassin who exploded her father's head by quite literally just holding a gun against his head and then shooting. And the police chief, who was in charge of the privatized Tokyo police, shot his father. So both of their fathers died on that day. And he just happened to be studying genetic, ge- genetic engineering. engineering and genomics. It doesn't matter. Of, it was all ridiculous. Of no, no, no. This is critical. Of <laughs> of killers. So he's got like Ed Gaines, Charles Manson. Who else did he have? James uh, Jones. Uh, uh, yes, a couple of other people's DNA. And then he decides to mix them all together into a serial killer cocktail. And shoot himself in the neck with it. And then went into a very unusual... I Okay, we gotta go into it, I'm sorry. He, like, jumped off a building or something, and then ended up at this, like, seemingly metaphorical, but, like, I don't know what it's supposed to represent. It was like the gates to hell. Kinda? And Except then, behind the gates to hell was Danny DeVito. With horns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> what? What was that? Okay, okay, like, okay. Like, if you've ever seen the scene in Full Metal Alchemist where they get to the door and then there's just a bunch of hands on the other side, it's like that. But instead, there's a tiny person with horns that just throws something at him and shuts the door. 
and he throws this vial at him that has the key-shaped tumor in it over a bed of, like, fucking raven feathers. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're done describing it. Okay, please, please, if you're listening, just pause for a second and appreciate the fact that what we just described, which is easily the most demented thing you've heard all day, was so inconsequential that Mark forgot that it happened. Like, if that doesn't tell you what the rest of this movie was like, I don't know what will. Yeah. Like, in my mind, it's like a collection of flashcards of things I don't want to look at that just keep, like, just showing up. You know? Like, I can't, like it's just, it's just <laughs> so much nonsense. Okay. Uh, now, you, now go to the climax. Uh, Climax. It's just, it's a boss battle. It's really, yeah. it's a boss battle. Anime boss battle. You know, we've got, we got two mutants kind of duking it out. Or well, no, one mutant. The police chief is not a mutant, but he has a mutant gimp. Okay, oh, okay, no, 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 no. We, you're right, part. you're right, you're right. We got to talk about the quadriplegic gimp. Right, I, right. I have another note for this. Have, 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 have you guys heard that expression before? We have to talk about the quadriplegic gimp? Or is that the first time we've, we've said those words together? This is a first for me. I've, li- I've lived a life, okay? I've lived a very full life. I've been to many countries. I've seen a lot of things. I, I as well. I've never I've never said those words. Nope. Out loud. Not in English, at least. I mean... Not even after Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He was a gimp in that, too. Yeah, but not a quadriplegic gimp. With um, fucking swords? Swords on all four limbs. Right, so it's like a spider gimp. Yeah, I would watch that movie. Spider Gimp. Spider, spider Gimp, Gimp does whatever a Spider, spider Gimp, Gimp does. <laughs> and the Spider Gimp does things. Oh. I, I took another note, and I think you will all appreciate this. Um, being that they are police, and they have a police station, the note that I quickly scribbled was, every station needs a dog or a quadriplegian Gimp with a gas mask? Question mark? Yeah, uh, I would go with a Dalmatian. Yeah. I would I would lean towards German Shepherd. They're cuddly. This was not cuddly. I feel like the branded human being without limbs, all in pleather and a gas mask with a switch on their back that says manic depressive. That's probably like three or four on my list of the dogs I would get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. yeah, it's about time to be hitting that old dusty trail. So <laughs> we had boss battle. Um and that's that's I think we can kind of just go into like highlighting. Okay, stuff. sorry, I'm still on the gimp thing. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it? No, no 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 no. We gotta we gotta describe where it came not, from. We're not leaving gimp country here. No, but we gotta describe where gimp came from. Like the first introduction, so she is at a bar in the beginning of the movie and she gets a call that like something urgent is happening at the police station. So she rushes over there and then she like senses danger. So she pulls out her sword and she like goes upstairs. She's in this abandoned warehouse style, like level of the police station. And she sees this dude who's breathing like Darth Vader into an intercom. Yes. Or I I feel like almost a little bit more, shredder yeah he was very so like we forgot to mention that all of the fucking police oh, god damn it we're so many tangents all of the police are dressed like fucking samurai yep and he is dressed like master like, shredder yes like with horns and everything horns and everything like motherfucker is just like and he's you know and he's like talking like that he's talking like over an intercom but you can't see who it is and this is the first introduction of his character this is the ultimate bad baddie who she was originally on the same side of he fucking walks out of the shadows and there is just straight up the fucking quadriplegic gimp uh, on a leash next to him with caps on her limbs so that she can walk and you're just like 
okay, well, so this is definitely an engineer. This is a bad baddie. And then the lights come on and everybody starts singing happy, happy birthday, birthday to the main character. <laughs> and There's a cake and everything. I don't think, is there a word that like, okay, so like, you know, you, you do a good job in a class. You know, the next thing is like, you did a great job in the class. Right. And then it's like you did an exemplary job in the class. You know, you kind of like dial up a word like that. Is there something like that for confusion? Because that's what I felt. Confusion doesn't cut it. I need something that just like bewildered. I, not even close. Doesn't even touch it. What about just a, like a like a just a distilled? You are you huh? are you are trying to kill the like insect infestation with a stern look when you should be using raid right now oh my god dude and the weirdest thing about that scene too is that like after like there's that shock value of seeing the gimp it's not they just don't they just don't even go there again oh and she is fine with it just disappears from the scene no reaction so that is the first introduction to the quadriplegic gimp um the second appearance she leveled up she did the second appearance is in that final scene and she shows up and instead of like being on her nubs she is on four swords and is an absolute certified badass dangerous she is a general grievous style quadriplegic who is wielding swords like uh somebody who wields swords really well right just like that <laughs> anybody, anybody that's familiar with uh the game soul caliber Picture Valdo. Yes. Um, yes. Valdo is this sort of creepy crawly circus acrobat dude, but cut off his limbs and replace them with swords, and that's what you have. I know that's a niche reference, but if you're looking at this movie, you know what I'm talking about. You know niche. Yes. I think niche is my cousin's name, actually. I think niche was my babysitter growing up. Mm. I have one niche. It's his daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And one nephew. Yeah. I actually have two nephews. Three nephews. Three nephews? Three nephews. Oh, my God. One of them's brand new. Man, you you need a couple more niches to, to balance that out. Mark, you want to help me out there? It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best Mark Scott. <laughs> okay. We're uh, so far afield because this movie's so hard to track. It's, uh, it, this movie is like if you taped a steak knife to a dog's tail and let him loose in a kindergarten. <laughs> what the fuck? What I'm the sorry, fuck? but that's, that, that's the only level at which what the fuck. I, okay, like, now, now, I honestly, fair, like, I hate that, like, you my, my reaction me. was like, what the fuck? But then, like, when you evaluate it after having seen this movie, you're kind of like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay, I kind of, okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with the statement. I'm just saying, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about... Let's have a fun one. Um, the offensive things in this movie. Oh, my you know, God. Like, 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 aside from gore, like, objectively offensive. Okay, well, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's talk about the non-offensive things in this movie. And so, like, I thought the flowers in the beginning were, like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And that's uh, where it ended. Yeah, so we kind of need to... Okay, so now we can go back into the offensive things. Yep. Okay, so um, (laughs) switching the tone just a little bit here. This is serious. There is a really weird through line to self-mutilation. It's it's handled very kind of casually and very, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's It comes in the form of, like, commercials, and I'm not even fucking close to joking. It's... 
quite literally, the movie is punctuated by commercials. The first one describing seppuku and and the act of harakari, and it's basically like seppuku. It's still suicide. Don't do it. <laughs> and then there was one where these girls are advertising these the razor blades. G. The wrist cutter G, like these razor blades that will cut your wrist so great. And it's just, it gets weirder and weirder. And it's, it's like. It's a wrist cutter with a cute design. Yeah. Yeah. But that one, there was no like, don't do this messaging to it. No. Like the, the first one was. Like the first one was like, hey, don't commit suicide. And I was like, okay. That was a horrifying commercial, but, like, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, I get behind not committing suicide. Right. The second one was basically, like, If hey, you're gonna if cut you're yourself, gonna use this. Use this. <laughs> yeah. It's better. And, and our protagonist is seen in, in, in a few different instances, like, ferociously cutting her wrist for no apparent reason. There's no connection to the plot. She just, nope. that's just... Well, what she actually, does. actually, there is a connection to the plot. We oh, do see yeah. a little flashback of her mother and father in the kitchen. Uh, her father comes home from work, and her mother is making dinner. And the second she sees her husband, she immediately starts cutting her wrist and then saying, What did I do? What did I do wrong? And that's it. That's that. Yeah, I, I found that offensive. Yeah. You know, like, that's... That is uh, a nerve. Holy cow. Mainly man. with a box cutter. Well, yeah, if you go deep enough. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, what else? <laughs> what What else? <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a fool's errand dissecting this movie for what is potentially offensive. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I think there are like different grade grades. Like we we already gave the disclaimers that like nothing in this movie is untouchable. Everything in this movie is way over the top. Like if you get bothered by quite literally anything. Just don't watch it. Yeah. This movie, it is I, I will so say, fucked. <laughs> this movie did not bother me as much in the in the same way as Brawlin' Cell Block 99, but for different reasons. Right. Now, that being said, I would go back and watch Brawlin' Cell Block 99 over this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to watch this again, but... Uh, I, I will watch this again. I... I <laughs> I feel better and more educated and wiser for having seen it because now I will look at cinema with a much more discerning eye. Admit it, it pushed the boundaries of what you knew could be on screen. Yes, it did. I didn't know <laughs> half of that was legal. Um, okay, let's go into the fact that literally everybody in this movie needed blood pressure medication. Oh, big time. Oh, that's a great. Was was there was there consumption of sodium just way over the top? You both know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. Literally every instance where blood is drawn, which is the whole fucking movie. Yeah, it comes out at such an amazingly like like aggressive and rocketing pace that just a rain of blood occurs. Yeah, I took seven notes on the amount of blood that was in this movie. <laughs> Uh, non-stop blood fountain, murder by blood spigot, blood storm by hand by amputation. It just goes on and on. Oh, and breast acid meets Indiana Jones Nazi. Okay, we're gonna get to that. Yep. <laughs> That's just a little <laughs> teaser The fact you. that you said something that fucking bonkers and I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, That's a phrase I never thought I'd uh, okay, say. But, but, just to, to, to cover the, the, the blood spray here. In the climactic boss battle. Yes, that needs to be covered. <laughs> the baddie, like, he, he reaches 
into this like suitcase or whatever and pulls no, out. No, 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 no. Her... He reaches onto the gimp's rib cage and pulls the oh, three syringes yes. off of her. Right, because she had him for. I don't know. After so after sword quadriplegic gimp was defeated. Yeah. So he like shoots himself up with it, and like at first I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's turning himself into an engineer, but no, he's just like ratcheting up his blood pressure by a factor ten thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. So he continues the fight. He loses his legs. They get cut off. We think, oh, maybe he's done. He ingests more of this liquid. I would say categorically he was not done. Not I done. I mean, he literally said this is not over. <laughs> okay. So the blood is shooting out of his legs and it his stumps. It stumps and the pressure ratchets up so enormously that he levitates himself with the blood shooting out of his leg stumps and he's able to fly. Like, himself, like a jet. Yeah, propel himself directionally around the room. And the sound effect of a jet engine played over while he was flying around the room, which added just another level of hilarity and also emphasized the amount of blood that was flying out of this man. More blood that when, than was in this man. More blood than it than is in this room. Yeah. House, I would I would argue. Neighborhood. Possibly. To be the fair. The country of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess to be fair, this was fitting in that like there was really only one thing left to do that we couldn't have expected, and that was a man flying by the power of his own blood pressure. Yeah. I did not see that coming. And I thought I had high blood pressure. Right. So so um Points for creativity. 10 I, out of 10. Another, so again, just blood is rocketing all over the place, all the time, forever. But I think another great example of the use of blood in this movie was the main character at one point is on the subway and she's standing there and you just see this hand kind of come out of nowhere and like squeeze her butt like very aggressively. So this dude is like molesting her and she turns around. Keep in mind, she's like badass cop engineer hunter numero uno. So like she she doesn't take this shit. She grabs his wrist and drags him off of the train like a in, mom. Like, like a mom yeah. almost. Yeah, like a, like a like a like a formal reprimand. The and, best part was she grabbed his hand where it was and dragged him out while it was still grabbing her ass. Yeah. <laughs> and she like drags him into this alley and like she's like kind of beating him like with an umbrella. Like an umbrella like kind of shaming him and he's like, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was and he keeps like trying to make excuses. And then she just like unsheathes without, her sword from the umbrella without any warning or hesitation and cuts both of his arms off and he is just standing there with these stumps rocketing blood into the air and she opens a parasol <laughs> she opens an umbrella and just like slowly walks towards the camera out of focus with this umbrella sh shielding as, her from the rain of blood from this, this guy's arm. this sort of soft, like, circa 2005 <laughs> alt-rock plays. Like, you would expect from that era of rom-com. Like, she's just walking away into the sunset while this blood fountain sprays across her. Blood fountain. Goddamn. Great band name. I think that's already a band name. 
Oh, it's got to be. There is a Finnish black metal band named Blood Fountain, no doubt. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about. Fuck, I really meant to mention this before spoilers, but you know who I recommend this movie to? No one with epilepsy? Oh, shit. I should have mentioned that, too. Don't watch this movie if you have epilepsy. <laughs> There's a lot of flashing There's lights. A lot and of strobing lights. It will trigger something. Uh, But I actually thought through this movie like uh, of a good test for whether or not you would like it. If you like the band's Guar or Lordy, you will fucking love this movie. See, I disagree because I like those bands and this is not my kind of movie. Have you ever seen them live though? I have not. Okay, yeah, so... Guar live is ridiculous. You, okay. you, I... Okay, so I saw Guar live. I've probably seen them live like eight or nine times. They, they had a, a standing show that they would do every Halloween or thereabouts in Detroit at Harpo's and Harpo's because it was the only venue that would take them because they're like the Kings of fake blood. So they will kill like things on stage and then fake blood and vitriol and semen and every bodily fluid you can imagine. Viscera are just like rocketing into the fucking crowd. And I, I have a shirt. It's like a white shirt with white, you know, vinyl on it. And it only shows up when you're covered in fake blood which I interestingly found out through an old coworker of mine who was dating the son of the person who owned Harpo's at the time, maybe still does, that that fake blood is actually Gatorade. So, fun fact. So um, you can lick it. Yes, it is food safe. All right. Um, the FDA approves of Guar blood. But if you like Guar, if you, and I'm not talking about their music, I'm talking about... Their stage performance. Their stage performance, their vibe. The shit that they talk about and do and like their their over the toppedness. You will fucking love this movie. You will love the shit out of this movie. See, you just reminded me of a scene in this movie when you said bodily fluids, which doesn't narrow it down at all, in case you're wondering. But it did make me think of a very specific scene in this movie in which one of the officers of the Tokyo Gore Police finds himself in some underground club where they are displaying and selling sexual encounters with genetically modified humans, one of which appears to be a human chair with exposed <laughs> genitalia. And the showpiece of this particular individual <laughs> is that it showers the crowd in what I can only assume is urine. And everyone's just, like, clapping. Yeah, like... Like this is so ridiculous. I can't believe we're just like again. This. Again, I took another. <laughs> I took another hurried note. I want to see the storyboards that led to this scene. And the note that I wrote was: Human chair gives golden shower to adoring fans. Just your average weekday. <laughs> uh... Buckle up, fellas, because it's gonna be a while. That is a thing that happened in this movie. Um. So. So. You know, it's pre it pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it escalated to that point. Like, it didn't just jump to there. Like, it actually, like, started off kind of weird and got weirder and weirder to the point where you're, like, you're at the point where a human chair is pissing yeah. on a crowd. So, so the, first, <laughs> the first of these individuals had a penis for a nose. Um, so that's a thing. The second individual had breasts stitched with human teeth. Um, I think they were crocodile teeth. They could have been crocodile teeth. I mean, given and, the context. And, and, and there, there is another. Like, I, I have, I have multiple lines of evidence to support that they may have, in fact, been crocodile teeth. And we'll get to that in a moment. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was the the first and second, and um, the 
third can't quite remember. The snail. The snail. The snail lady. <laughs> yes. Uh, this woman had snail pasties over her sensitive areas. and he, He's starting off with this. This is the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And no arms or legs that we could see, followed by a actual snail carapace somehow grafted onto her body. That was prior to the human don't, chair golden shower. Don't, don't forget about the eyes. Oh, yes. The eyes had about eight-inch tubes coming off of the front of her face, to which the the muscle tissue of the eyes was extended out, uh, just horrifically and horrendously displayed upon her face in glorious Tokyo gore. Just another Friday night. Mm-hmm. So immediately following that scene, the member of the police who bid on one of these women, the woman with the... Prisoner number 69. Yeah, no breasts and crocodile teeth and showing her breast halves together. Words, just words. I just Words did, I you never thought you'd string didn't together. I think I'd say. It's just like it's, it feels weird coming out of my mouth saying these things. I will say again, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> Um, so he bids on her, and they go back to what I can only like assume is a a like an examination chair from like gynecology. It's like if a dentist designed a champagne room, and it's like basically an empty room with this chair, and he like sits in that, and she straps him in, and then starts filleting him pretty like aggressively, and then he notices somebody in the mirror that like would would mean there that person is behind him, and then. She immediately bites off his member, spits it on the ground. No, no, no. She doesn't spit it on the ground. She's holding it in her teeth like a dog with a bone. Or boner. <laughs> I was going to say Fener. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good that we have this, like, marked as mature on Apple Podcasts and shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, the, the, like second mad baddie the 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 guy who injected himself with serial killer juice um <clears throat> he shows up the brain gun barrel guy and let's just say a fight of sorts ensues and the guy who's strapped to the chair ends up shooting the girl in half and then he gets out of the room she crawls out of the room because remember she's an engineer and the entire lower half of her body is the head of a crocodile and inside the crocodile's maw is a human uh, uh, vagine. And she proceeds to, like, eat him to pieces with the crocodile's mouth. I, I It's so hard to say this. Um, <laughs> and he ends up killing her by grabbing his severed arm, shoving it in the crocodile's mouth, which is also sort of like her legs and, like, her her private sensitive bit private doodles and the tendon from his arm is sticking out the back of his severed arm his severed arm is still holding a gun and he pulls the tendon with his good arm and it pulls the trigger on the gun and ends up killing her by shooting up from the bottom yeah it makes sense <laughs> yeah that was a wild ride from getting to the end i i um i'd forgotten about that scene <laughs> i'd forgotten about mark the scene. forgot about that scene that, again, that should just tell you how bonkers, bizarro world this movie actually is. He forgot about a half-crocodile woman getting shot up in her private bits into her brain with a severed arm operated by a remote tendon. 
Yep. <laughs> and here we are. Um, right. Okay. 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 So I think one thing this movie like has going for it is it, this movie knew exactly what it was. Oh, big time. It, it was, there was, there were no compunctions about what this movie was or what it wanted to be. That was the only thing that I think made it remotely enjoyable was that it knew that it was ridiculous. It would be, I would say unbearable if it weren't comedic. I would say that I would not watch this movie again. No. However, if this movie were an anime, I would probably watch it. This movie is an anime. It's just not animated. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> All right. I, you have a good point there. And I, I do have to give that to it. Is there were many scenes that were like there was some real cinematography at work. You yeah. Know? Like like the, the, the blood shower after she chops a dude's arms off. I mean, that could apply to any scene, really. But there were shots that looked like they were pulled straight out of like a manga. You know. For me, it was the um, the blood rocket ship that really sealed it. Oh, they're gonna say the fist cannon. The blood rocket. Oh, the fist cannon. The fist, oh, can- the, fist <laughs> the fist cannon was a good one. Do we need to describe the fist I cannon? I think we need to briefly touch on the on the fist cannon. The six shooter that was the size of like a, like like a three washing times machine. The size of a howitzer. Yeah, it was literally like the size of a washing machine. Just full of severed hands that that the the operator could like shoot out in like various um configurations yeah he could shoot as like fists and you just kind of try to like punch i guess no explanation as to how they changed or why they changed configurations or how he controlled them or how he controlled them yeah like he shot one and like it opened up and it started choking her he shot six at one point that all turned into middle fingers yeah and then her weird (laughs) lizard hand uh shot its tongue out and it formed like a line that like uh, sort of like deflected the middle finger hands that were being shot at her around uh, back at the person who was shooting them at her. And they the, the little middle finger hands, they stuck into him and they, they killed him. Yep. And we're not going to give you any backstory on how that happened. That's that all happened. Do you know what we're going to tell him? Fist Cannon is definitely a great band name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Also, tongue tendon would probably be a good one. Too. Tongue tendon. I, I, I'll jot that down. Okay. So, did did we cover this? Did we get through this? I feel like I, mean, I, th- I feel we, like we touched touched on the important bits. The longer we... <laughs> the important yeah. crocodile bits. Yeah, there are there are <laughs> there are lots of bits. There are probably twice as many scenes in this movie that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that you'll just never see. This because movie. I hope you don't. This movie is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. I will say I want to really just quickly recap the final 10 seconds of the movie. So after the big boss battle, after she defeats, you know, evil numero uno, there's this brief little cutscene where she walks out. She's got her mutant eye and her lizard hand and her katana in the other. And she's standing in front of her pagoda mobile. And right next to her uh, her company vehicle is the Gimp, who mysteriously survived the boss battle. And rather than swords attached to her nubs, she has full-on, huge-ass assault rifles grafted on. And that's when they roll the credits. You also didn't, like, you made a passing reference to the pagoda mobile. Oh, yeah. It's, like, all the police cars have, like, little pagodas on top. It's adorable. And inexplicable. It like it's it's super cute, which makes zero sense in the context of this movie. Yes, because this movie is known for its sense. Yes, it's a good time. <laughs> um, so okay, I'm just gonna get like a quick top notes from you two. 
Was there anything that you you really like liked? And I'm not I'm I'm not being facetious about that. I I enjoyed the cinematography of certain scenes. For everything going on in this movie, there were elements of artistic value. I, I'm gonna like piggyback on that and say like I thought this movie was creative as shit. Like, okay, you might not like the content that it was creative about, but like you cannot argue that it was creative. Like. I will say that this movie reiterates that engineers are the worst. <laughs> Fact. Also, I, I, we've been over this a billion times, but I'm such a sucker for practical effects. And the fact that, like, this wasn't just, like, a monument to, like, fucking CG, I fucking jammed on that. Like, there was a lot of CG in this movie, but not in the way that, like, a Michael Bay movie is full of CG. Right, it was like, it was like the negligible stuff. Yeah, like, the stuff that they physically... There was no possible way they could do this with practical effects and still keep the cinematography that they had. I mean, the blood rocket ship was one of them, but all of the scenes in which the engineers were sped up or doing crazy moves or, you know, doing inhuman things were blended perfectly with practical effects and CGI. And I think that is one of the cornerstones of good cinematography is mm-hmm. when you don't know the difference between practical effect and CGI. Like, you, you think to yourself, it can't possibly be a prosthetic, but you're not sure. That is how this movie operates. A lot of their prosthetics are very obvious, but their CGI is blended so well into it that you can't really tell where the line is. Which, and like, I, you had to be pretty objective to be able to, like, separate, like, those elements. But I, I, I agree with you, though. Like, I felt like the gore was really well done. You know, like, yeah. if, if that's the kind of thing that you can kind of step back from and appreciate, I think you'll actually fucking probably like this movie. Like, I, I can appreciate that, like you said, this movie stays true to what it is. I mean, Tokyo Gore Police. They yeah. are in Tokyo. There is lots of gore, and they are police. Is this what Tokyo was like? I think so. I think this was a, a I, historical fiction. I don't know if I should visit Tokyo. Nope. Uh, okay, so... Other than the obvious, like, let's not beat the dead horse. Is there anything, ob- like, objective that we didn't like? I didn't like the, the 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 casual way that they talked about self-mutilation. That, yeah. That, for me, was... Okay, I feel like that's still in, like, the obvious category, but go on, please. Well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I was able to, to take and absorb all the other nonsense. Like... Fair enough. You know... That was the only thing that like I didn't like without any silly caveats. Yeah, again, I would go I would go definitely with the rule of like if you're sensitive to anything under the sun, not the movie for you. Yeah. But point taken. I, I could take I could take the golden shower. I could take any of that. <laughs> you know. I mean, we literally. we are on a podcast and Mark just just said that. Yep. That is I, on the I record. I could take a golden shower. <laughs> No, I didn't say A. I said the. The. Sorry. Okay. It has to be from somebody the very, very specific. The golden shower. The golden shower. Um, a human chair, perhaps. <laughs> okay, are we ready to move into quotes? Uh, I didn't get any quotes. Yeah, the only quote that I had written down was one that we kind of touched on earlier. Um, and it was the one that was repeated over and over again. Privatizing yes. the police. Yes. Yeah, privatizing the police will lead to more plentiful lives for all of us. I also wrote that down. I'm going to be honest. I thought that was going to be like a bigger element. And I thought there was going to be like shades of like metaphor in this movie. And, um, there's not, 
there, 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 there really isn't. Well, that that led me to believe that like maybe there was some some uh, subtext subtext that that maybe we just culturally didn't pick up on, perhaps. I mean, maybe. I mean, I I think like everybody can objectively get behind the idea that like privatizing the police is a bad idea, and like the second you do that, like it's game over for your country. It'll lead to mutant bloodhounds. Obviously, yeah. And blood fountains and blood rockets and blood showers and blood I have spigots. I have one quote and it's from me, <laughs> and it's again one of the many things I never thought I would ever utter. And it was a what is he shooting out of his eye barrels? Yeah, and by barrel I mean obviously gun barrels because this person's eyes were guns. Um, we're talking about those blood walnuts. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh. But that's all I've got. So so light on quotes today. I have one oh, from sorry. myself. And it is in reference to one of the scenes in which the Tokyo police are rounding up citizens and murdering them execution style. Allegedly. Allegedly. And um, it was, my wife was up all night making these murder masks and you guys got blood all over them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they literally drew human faces on burlap sacks, threw them over senseless victims, and then murdered them in cold blood. Wait, hang on. That was a quote? Yeah. Oh, we were wondering. Oh, wait, hang on. No, I'm sorry. I think I I think I, I think I lost you. All right, I'll probably have to delete this I, from the podcast. But, like, did you say that that was us? No, that was me. You, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was like, did they actually explain no, no, that no, in the no, movie? No, no, no. And we missed it? Because we were joking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I, I had written down something that, that I thought, and it was just, that's not how blood works. <laughs> yep. Um, I said the word physics a lot. Yeah. Uh, are we ready to move into ratings? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, uh, we never start with you. Let's start with you. Uh, Colin, will you rate this movie? I'm going to give this movie a 5 out of 10 flesh walnuts with the caveat that you should deduct a point if you are sensitive to anything. Deduct a point for everything you're sensitive about. So, like, negative 40? Yes, so for some people, this movie would absolutely be a negative 40. Also, deduct a point if you don't like blood gore or can't take like a joke about that kind of stuff yeah so like negative a hundred yes yeah yes I, I think for i think for the casual viewer this movie would probably rate like a negative 50 i think there are a very select few people who this movie would rate as like a five out of ten honestly i think i would give this movie and this is extremely generous i would give this movie a three and a half out of ten human chairs. <laughs> because there were a lot of things that I enjoyed about the fact that they made this movie. One of which, the fact that they had the stones to make this movie. <laughs> um, second of which, again, the cinematography was brilliant. Is that, are those the stones that you get blood from? Yes. They must have been, because yes. they had plenty of that. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think, honestly, I give props to the actors for being brave enough to put their name on this. <laughs> and have it committed to the internet for all eternity. Uh, but honestly, this was not the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. 
Okay. And I've for, seen all of the Sharknados. For for those of you listening at home, I may or may not, I'm not confirming or denying, have shown Jackson the worst movie he's ever seen. I will confirm that he's shown me the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're going to leave that as, as our little secret. And um, if you're very curious, you can... Um, email us. We'll tell you. You can yep. email us or send us a burp envelope. Yep. Yep. Oh, please do. All right. Uh, <laughs> please do. He's swooning. <laughs> my rating, I'm going to go 1.42 blood clots. There weren't a lot of blood clots in this movie. There's there not. There was I not. don't think there was a single everybody, blood clot in this movie. Everybody was on aspirin or blood yeah. thinners. Blood for thinners, sure. yeah. It, it flowed. Beta blockers. Or everyone was a hemophiliac. Oof. Okay. Uh, are we are we Laura Dern with this? I, I definitely am. Are we ready to wrap this like a Christmas present? Dirty dirty Christmas <laughs> uh, all right chains on it well that's all for the all crap review thank you for listening if you have any ideas for movie reviews email us at three that is the number three men and a basement at gmail.com you can also find us on iTunes and Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts and also touring coming up summer or early fall of 2021 um, tongue tendon blood fountain there were flaps and fist cannon um, did I miss any uh, blood walnuts Blood Walnuts. Flesh Walnuts. Flesh Walnuts. Flesh Nuts. Uh, Blood Walnuts was the original band name of Flesh Walnuts, mm-hmm. um, and they lost their lead singer. They're progressive. Yes. They're, they are all touring right now. They'll be in Japan at some point this year. They Until... won't be there for very long. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, I am Colin McLeod. Marco. Action Jackson. And we'll uh, see you in cyberspace. chuck chuck <laughs> Oh. Uh. oh. <laughs> Gnarly. <laughs>